1: two guys of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins.
2: Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Yes. I don't know about you guys, but the other six days of the week, I don't even sleep. I just wait for reckless speculation Thursday. And inside information about your
0: favorite local sports teams with our friend, Darren Doogie Wolfson, Judd. You miss Tuesdays, Phil. And I'm going to tell you right now, Tuesdays are turning into... I don't want to say they're as good as Thursdays, but I think my friend, uh, my friends Darren and Declan, would confirm that they are. They get pretty exciting. It's a nice
1: appetizer. It's a nice appetizer for the main course that is Thursday of Reckless. Speculation. Listen, I don't,
0: I don't even
2: know if this needs to be considered the main course. I think it's like, we just we've got two great speculative segments a week on this show. We even bring Reckless Speculation Thursday to to Wednesday yesterday. So, Doogie, what's going on, man? How are you today?
3: Good morning, Phil. Yeah, I would say Tuesday is not nearly as reckless as maybe today, Thursday is, but no doubt, new year. This would be, what, the first Thursday of 2022, so the first reckless speculation Thursday of 2022, yet the same old excitement going back multiple years. All is well, Phil. I just got off of Zoom. Thank you for your flexibility. With new Gophers defensive end, Lorenza Sergers, transfer from Vanderbilt. He's all about wanting to get to the NFL. So it was time to get out of Nashville. He has two years of eligibility remaining. He may slot in to get the spot of Bue Mafe. I was swapping messages with Bue the other day. He's out in California already doing a bunch of draft prep. I fully expect him to get a combine invite in the very near future.
2: Nice. Well, let's, let's start here. I'm going to read you some quotes from Mike Zimmer, who spoke on his weekly Vikings.com show. And uh, let's I'll read the quotes and then let's open up a discussion about whatever you guys are hearing, whatever all of us are theorizing as well about the current situation with Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman and what the Wilfs may or may not do here in the next week. So so Zimmer was that, I mean, by the way, PA framed up the question like, you know, the mob, like basically the mob is trying to cancel Mike Zimmer as a head coach. And, you know, the media that's like, Listen, I mean, the Vikings haven't been above 500 in 700 days, so it's not just like a media-driven thing here. I mean, Zimmer certainly doesn't have train wreck seasons on his resume, but they haven't been good enough, and he is the head coach. So uh, Zimmer said, quote, regardless of anything that goes on after the season, I can stand proud. When I walk into a stadium like Lambeau or I walk into U.S. Bank Stadium, I say to myself, a billion people would love to be sitting here right now and doing this job, which is true. Uh, I do think it's different that people can talk about your job and being let go and things like that and not understanding the effects of all your coaches, effects on the players, effects on the families. um, And they say it after you lose every single week that you should be let go. So they don't go around saying that they should fire a doctor or fire a landscape guy or anything like that. So it's just part of the business, I guess, as he sort of reflects on the uh, tenuous nature of his current job status.
3: Well, guess what? I mean, that landscape guy or woman i'm assuming maybe dangerously but i'm assuming would happily trade paychecks with mike zimmer to face you know if you have to that scrutiny i mean it comes with the territory now i've heard mike and some other interviews offer up that caveat that hey this is what we sign up for so let's add that to the end of of that sentence but yeah it just it hasn't been good enough but I don't necessarily disagree with Mike that there's a lot to be proud about, especially the pre-Cousins era, those first four years. I think he did a lot of good. I think about the mess he inherited, 2014, cleaning up a lot of messes, particularly on defense, 2014, 2015, 2016. There's a lot to like. I can make a strong case, now maybe it's obvious, but you know, some might say Chile. Maybe somebody would say somebody else. But I think he's the third best coach in Vikings history. Bud Grant into Denny Green into Mike Zimmer. We can celebrate a lot of, of what Mike accomplished, but sometimes it's just time. And after eight years, two consecutive years of not being over 500, missing the playoffs three of the last four years, now we have this extra playoff team per conference. It's just time for a different look, a different feel. It's time to bring somebody else in.
0: Not – do, to go back to our um, our bonus scoop on Tuesday, I, I had heard, and I'm told that, that this took place, that um, the Wilfs and and probably just as importantly ownership, because there's just not it's not just two, it's a group, obviously of investors and people were going to meet last night to discuss the situation. Now, I'd like to throw something at you that that confirms your reporting, and I'd like to start this by saying, I understand we all want answers right now but the reality is this is fluid like like this is not it's not done things aren't done yet um, there's frustration I think that there are changes on the horizon but that being said um, things are not set in stone so we are literally recording these shows hour by hour um, with opinions mixed with fact so so like everything we say is not fact and ev- and everything we say is not just us spitballing um, I got a note from somebody yesterday on Twitter, though, that was very intriguing, Dukes. And um, it was clear that it was a person who has uh, some pretty good ducats, probably, to the Vikings. And their note was, when Judd, when you say the people will speak with their checkbooks and not renew their tickets, and this is a great point, you are forgetting that there are personal seat licenses attached to all of the best seats and probably quite a few seats in us bank stadium um and so if i say well you know what screw you guys i'm done i don't get my psl back unless i can sell it which you would sell right now at a loss the point being is ownership knows for a fact that that the people that pay the most to be in that stadium can't just walk away and say i'm done here that there are decisions that there is money and that gets us to what you've said. And this is the really intriguing thing. I think a change is coming of some sort. But Zimmer is signed through 2023. We knew that. But what you have reported, and I believe to be 1,000% accurate now, is he is guaranteed, if not all, almost all of that contract. So to fire Mike right now, to fire him on Monday, well, I think it would be the prudent thing and the smart thing, would also be to have to write him a massive check in a time of a pandemic and in in a time where certainly in 2020 you did not necessarily maximize revenues. All of that being said, again, it's fluid. I think a change is coming, but it gives you something to think about and ponder. And I will say this, don't dismiss it. Well, we can certainly ponder it
3: but there hasn't been any any evidence going back 16 17 years right 05 of the wilfs not willing to cut checks to do all they have to do financially to help this franchise meet its ultimate goal of of winning a championship now you had the initial steam on tuesday of of the ownership gathering on wednesday night i have not confirmed as we sit here at 10:20 on on Thursday morning, 1020 Central Time, that 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 meeting indeed took place. But we have every reason to believe a meeting took place. So I would imagine, Judd, call me crazy, that they know right this second what they are going to do early next week. I don't for sure know. But yes, do I expect some sort of change? I do. I guess also let me follow the trail. So what you're suggesting is Okay, so Zim's on the hook for next year at approximately eight million dollars. That's twenty twenty two. This year, I guess, this next season. Yep. Then it's if it's not a full guarantee for twenty twenty three, it's darn close. So, yep. you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of six, seven, eight million. Uh, let's just for for sake of this conversation, ballpark it at fourteen to fifteen million dollars. So you're saying there could be reluctance from the Wilfs to not pay Zim fourteen to fifteen million dollars because they fear people giving up their personal seat licenses thus they'd have to resell those seat licenses and it no, would be
0: challenging to sell no, those seat licenses no i'm saying they're confident that those people would be that that th- those people would not bail and therefore oh, yes. okay, and therefore yes. they 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 want to they don't want to be paying two coaches simultaneously when the fired coach has nearly a guaranteed contract into the 2023 season that's what i'm saying they've got they've got the p s l cash coming in they're confident that they they will keep the people who own those seats um b- because the only way that they can protest right is by dropping their tickets but the p s l is theirs that cash is the wilps so what I'm saying is in this time of slight uncertainty as far as finances go they don't want to be necessarily and this might not just be the wilfs there there are people involved here beyond the wilfs um they're at the forefront but that's my point is like this is an entire discussion among investors a, as well and so i could see some folks saying the fans are stuck why why would we pay a new gm potentially we would be paying Mike and and a new coach who's going to command a big salary so yeah no i am not saying that the wilfs are concerned about the psls being gone i'm saying they think the fans might be stuck and they would be to a certain degree 100 percent right
3: it's interesting fodder but don't you think deep down the wilfs are willing to still pay whatever it takes even through this pandemic through the money that I don't want to say they lost, but I guess revenue lost out on last year when fans were not in the stands. Don't you still think, because we foresee some sort of change coming, don't you think that deep down the Wilfs are willing to cut whatever check is necessary?
0: Because I do. I think think they should be, yeah. Yeah, I, I would hope so. I'm just saying keep this in mind as a conversation that I don't think you're going to hear in a lot of different places in the coming days.
2: Yeah, so basically like to unpack this a little bit <clears throat> from a fan perspective, it's very obvious. This thing has grown stale. A change needs to be made. Offensive football has evolved beyond the point where like Mike Zimmer even can handle coaching defense against it. It seems like and so the obvious football move is to say thank you so much for a competitive 8 years. There were some great moments. Ultimately our goal is to win a Super Bowl. That They might not just look at it that simply. I actually find that sort of offensive on behalf of fans, too, that they might look. And by the way, how many times throughout the years have fans used the Vikings and prop the Vikings up as an example of a franchise that will do anything? They'll spend any amount of money. Of course, the salary cap in the NFL structure guarantees that each team is going to rake in, you know, 100 or 200 million dollars in profits or whatever it is, but. But look at the Twins, the cheap Twins. They can't even go out and spend a dime on a starting pitcher and this and that, right? They're always doing things on the cheap. This would be an example. If they if they chose to not make this move, if they knew that this was the right move to make from a football perspective, but they said, Ugh, I don't know if we're going to want to eat 15 or $16 million. And really, like the fans are kind of locked in with these season tickets anyway. So even if there's backlash, it's not going to hurt us financially. Like Then you can throw everything single comparison that you ever used to prop the Vikings owners up over the Twins owners out the window as far as I'm concerned
3: well that's why I have a hard time Phil believing it Judd do you know is there offset money so let's say hypothetically Dan Quinn gets the Raiders job or the Jacksonville job or some other job the Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator job is open Yep. and Jerry Jones calls Mike and says Mike come on home I'd like for you to be my defensive coordinator. Here's a contract that pays you more than fair market value for being the Cowboys defensive coordinator, whatever that might be, $2, million, two and a half million, maybe even upwards of $3, 3500000 Is yeah. there offset money? So let's say Mike Zimmer, and it doesn't need to be Dallas. That's just a hypothetical. But Mike Zimmer is a defensive coordinator somewhere next year, making seven figures. Does that money then offset what the Vikings owe him?
0: That I don't know, and keep in mind, too, so how, how can I paint this accurately? Uh, Mike got himself, like, like, here's the weird thing, guys. The Cousins and, and Zimmer contracts that they are under right now are very interesting because, especially in Mike's case, I mean, I firmly believe, again, to go back to the win in the playoffs against the Saints in the Superdome, if the Vikings lose that game, I think Mike is gone, but Mike got an extension and Mike worked very hard clearly and his camp did to get an extension that was through 2023. I'm just spitballing here again, but I find Mike to be um, a combative a guy who is probably going to be pretty, um, pretty surly, no pun intended, if if he gets fired. Therefore, my guess with a guy like Mike is he he would take a if he sticks in the game to be a DC Dukes, that he he would take a contract that was probably, you know, fair but not great, because he knows the Vikings have to pay him. And my guess as a team would say, you know what, Mike, that's a great idea. Like, like you're gonna be the, the Vikings, if, if there is indeed language in the contract that offsets it. The Vikings are on the hook for what we don't pay you. 15
2: bucks an hour sounds great to me, exactly. Jerry.
0: It, well, I mean, I guess exactly. the comp would be Ryan <laughs> yes.
3: Saunders being the lowest paid NBA coach after they had to pay Tom Thibodeau mm-hmm. all that money, right? Correct. That the Wolves were able to save money by hiring Ryan Saunders. I don't know, though. Are there Are there rules, maybe unwritten rules, but like can you take a well below market value contract
0: I guess we would I need to find know. out
3: if there's an offset to begin with. I we can reach out to, to an agent friend and, and find out that answer. I still, though, bottom line, it's what we discussed on Tuesday, Judd. Mm-hmm. I think change is coming. I do. I can see a scenario where Rick Spielman is retained but loses his authority. I can see a scenario where Mike Zimmer is let go, that they bring in a new czar of football operations, and I can see it being a minority, then allowing that person to hire the next head coach. Phil, one thing I asked Judd is, could you see any scenario? I don't think this will happen, but Phil, I'll run it by you. Could you see any scenario where the news on Monday is Rick Spielman is being reassigned, we will hire a new Zara football operations, then allow that person to determine Mike Zimmer's future?
2: Um, I'd want to know how far down the road have they gone the last like two, three, four weeks? Cause what I don't want to happen, what I think would actually be wildly irresponsible and incompetent of ownership is if they start the process on Monday when they could have started it in some form, especially with the front office. Like I can see why you keep the coach in place cause someone's got to run the football. Like someone's got to run the practices and the game planning and everything, but if they were going to make a move on Rick Spielman and bring in somebody else to run the front office, they should not be starting that process from zero on Monday. They should have been doing legwork on that for two, three, four weeks so that if that person's going to choose the next head coach, they're ready to come in and start the job next week. I actually think the scenario you painted, though, regardless of whether they started the process three weeks ago or whether they're starting on Monday is the most likely, I don't think they just blow out both Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer. I I think they would look at that As I don't know what the word is, but I don't think they want to just dismiss the work that those guys have done for eight and 15 years, respectively, as like, you know, here's a here's a press release. You're both fired. Thanks for your service. Like, no, the Vikings haven't won a Super Bowl, but they've been competitive for 15 years. And Rick Spielman, even though he has some flaws, has put together very competitive and sometimes even, you know, contender rosters for the better part of 15 years. Mike Zimmer is well above 500, might be the third best coach in Vikings history. So I, I think they're trying to weigh how can we, if we're going to make some moves here, how can we do it in the most tactful, respectful way possible? And blowing them both out and starting from zero doesn't seem like the direction they would go. I think Spielman moving to sort of an advisory, cushy executive role. And bringing somebody else in like the Broncos did and then finding a new coach seems like the odds on favorite of all the possible scenarios to me, anyways.
3: Yes, if I were making betting lines, that very scenario would be the betting favorite. It would. I just, I wonder. I just, I've thought. Let me add one note on Mike Zimmer something he brought up, at least with my colleague Joe Schmidt in a conversation early September, that he is well aware that he is the eighth-longest tenured head coach. The seven above him have all won a Super Bowl. But that's where it's a delicate situation because he is how many games above 500? Is it 14, 15 games Mm -hmm. above 500? He did accomplish a lot of good. But when you look at those above him all winning the title, that's the one thing that he didn't come close to. To doing i get it that you know he made it to the to the final four but in you know all practical purposes
0: uh he did not come close to winning a super bowl he yeah. just did okay play the sounder because i i've got a potential one here speculation and, and i've got examples all right so i, I think we need to wait. That what Phil is saying about the Wilfs and the current administration coaching staff is probably correct. And I also think we do need. We can't dismiss the pandemic entirely. And I know that these people are billionaires, but they still count their coins. Um, and th- and this could and again, it's incredible. I'm sure there are people that want Mike gone. In fact, Mike to me is acting like Mike is gone. So so there is uh there is a very good s- scenario that you could paint a path to Monday at two o'clock. They get up to a podium and announce Mike has been fired. We appreciate Mike, but what about this one too? Because I think we all agree the odds are Rick Spielman is not going to be summarily fired. That he's going to be put into a different job, um, also signed through 2023. So you're paying Rick. So if Rick gets put into a d- different job, you're you know it's like, hey, Rick, here's here's what you're getting, and that's cool. Um, you hire and you know. Dukes and I both have heard this team's been doing a lot of background on GM candidates for probably a month now or more. They've got a list. So you hire a new GM at that point in time. You tell the GM, we're going to need you to watch a year of Mike. Like like you can observe him. If you want to keep him eventually and we turn things around, that's cool. Uh, But we are giving you one of 32 coveted jobs, head of personnel of a National Football League team. And I got two examples off the top of my head where, for various reasons, we've seen the exact same thing. One is 2021, George Payton, Denver. Gets the job. Vic Fangio's our guy, George. And now I think Vic is gone. But you know what it is? It's a year of Vic. So you didn't have to pay Vic to go away and then pay a coach. The second one I covered 2000. What would it have been 2004 into 2005? Ted Thompson hired his GM of the Packers. Mike Sherman had been the code GM and coach. They didn't fire Mike. Mike stayed as coach. We need you to watch a a year of Mike. And now that was probably to Phil's point, to be fair. But that was also because they didn't want to probably pay two guys. My point being is there is precedent that the Wilfs could look at to say, we don't feel comfortable. One, we feel it's a bad look. And then two, privately, it's going to strap us a little bit financially. Hmm. Um, That said GM, who I think would still take the job, would swallow hard and put up with a year of Mike to get a fresh start in 2023. So let me add a couple
2: things. I, I think that's really interesting. And I'm, I'm going to give you the, the
0: sounder again, because that is just reckless. peak reckless speculation. speculation. And, and to be clear, I don't like that one. I'm spitballing you know. So I, okay,
2: that seems very plausible for all the reasons that have been laid out in the last 20 minutes when it comes to how much money Mike Zimmer is still guaranteed for a couple of years, uh, for how methodical the Wilfs operate in terms of firing coaches and general managers. They don't like turnover. They like stability. So this would be a way to create a major change to not just light money on fire that they've guaranteed for the next couple of years. But then I would think the next two prerequisite boxes that have to be checked are new and more experienced offensive coordinator. That And I think Mike Zimmer has already laid that groundwork. Like He, he came out and ripped Clint Kubiak's play calling two days ago. And I don't think Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins want to work together anymore. So if you're going to keep Zim, and and then you're almost sort of catering to Zimmer, right? You're coming in, you're saying, "All right, you never wanted Kirk to begin with, and so we're gonna, we're gonna, we can't erase the last four years. But we're gonna give you what you originally wanted, which is a a non uh, a non uh, expensive mediocre quarterback." And there's a million options. We went over a bunch of them on Mackie and Judd yesterday. So you would, you would separate those two by trading Kirk Cousins, and you'd bring in a different offensive coordinator. I could absolutely see that scenario for a year. Doogie?
3: Yeah, well, it's what I brought up either in this space, or maybe it was a Tuesday conversation, but a couple weeks ago that it's hard for me to see a scenario where it's Kirk and Mike here in 2022. So if we want to play out bringing in a new GM, the Vic Fangio comp, you know, the Sherman-Thompson comp. I'm sure there are other ones as well where GM comes in and oversees things for for a period of time, then makes a determination on the coach's future. Yeah, I don't then see Kirk here. Mm-hmm. He can be traded. Now, you know, you name the team, the Steelers, some other team that needs a quarterback, mm-hmm. they would work with Kirk's agent to redo the deal, extend the deal. Like we all know that Kirk, wherever he is, right, he can't be on some team's cap for $45 million in 2022. But yes, now, would I make that scenario the betting favorite? No. Uh, You know the, the scenario I would make the betting favorite. But is it plausible? Yeah, I can't. I don't think I can dismiss that possibility. It is a lot of money. You're right. I don't care how much money the Wilfs have, how much they've made. You're right. Cutting somebody in the neighborhood of a $15 million check to go away is an absurd amount of money. And, and I'm saying, me- I think they know what they're going to do. I really. I, and I don't know. But I think after the meeting that was supposed to take place on Wednesday... Judd and Phil, I think they know right this second what they are going to
2: do. And, and let me ask you this. Let's take the fan emotion out of it. You know, I know, there, I know there's so many fans that are just fed up with Zimmer, and they want the Vikings to be better than they are, and Zimmer is one of the main reasons it's preventing – like they're playing mid-'90s football, let's, but let's take the fan emotion out of it. Do we think that the Vikings locker room is on the verge of revolting – Against Mike Zimmer, do we think that do we think it's toxic? Because I don't know that it's toxic. I just think that they've they've just hit a, a glass ceiling in terms of what the football team can accomplish the way that Mike Zimmer views football in 2022.
0: I don't know that it's currently toxic, but what do you guys think? I would agree with. That assessment. I think that there are guys who are, and they they should be frustrated. I think that there are guys who look at Clint and say, "What were we doing there?" Do I think it's like Mike has to be fired or I'm or I'm gone? You know, no, I don't. And so to to explore this path too, because Dukes d- just t- took us down a road that I think plays a key role in, in the potential that you get a new GM. You keep Zimmer for now, and I think he's then let go after 22, but that's a different story. Um Oh, here's what I think changes the dynamic of the locker room. And I think that there are some in the Vikings front office who were blocked by ownership from exploring this last year. But this year, I think, would be a go. That is the departure of one Kirky Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins' departure changes. And, and this is where people, again, Phil, and, and Dex and Dukes, this is where people don't want to talk about the intangible aspect of Kirk. He is near the bottom of the league when it comes to ability to lead and ability to take control. Like he is not—he is a top 10 on his best day, Q- QB. I'll continue to say that. But that's not all this job entails. So I think if you, if you keep Mike, which I'm not in favor of, I just want to keep saying that, but th- these are uh, plausible scenarios that we're discussing. If you keep Mike, you bring in a new G- GM and say, you can't fire Mike, but here's what you can do. You can explore trading Kirk. And now you bring in a cheaper quarterback. You save 35 mil towards the cap. You start to bring in ancillary uh, position players who are better than what you currently have. You bring in to Phil's point again, a new OC. Do I think the dynamic in that locker room changes like that? Yes, I do. And that's how I think you make this work. I don't think Mike is the main problem. I think Mike, as he currently is, which is in a bad mood constantly, I think he's part of the problem. But I think it can be rectified at least short term. So, like,
2: the, the other thing, too, is the first four years of Mike Zimmer, they averaged 10 wins per season. I mean, he yeah. laid it out. We've, we've gone over the quotes from the NFL Combine in 2018 where he's saying, listen, we've built something pretty special here. Yeah. I know that we just got smoked in the NFC Championship game, but we're averaging – we have 40 wins in the first four years. There's a certain dynamic in the locker room that we love. And yes, based on Teddy's injury and based on, you know, the fact that we think Case Keenum's a magic carpet ride or a carriage about to turn into a pumpkin, we need a new quarterback, but let's be careful about spending a ton of money on someone that's going to come in take away from what we can do salary-wise on defense. Like, I think Mike would say, and again, it's also possible that the game has passed him by more in the last 4 years and you can't just rewind the clock, but he would say let's go back to the way that we were doing things in the first four years and not pay a good quarterback elite money. Let's let me do it the way that I want to do it. And also, in those first four years, he was hiring former head coaches to basically be the head coach of the offense, right? Norv Turner, yeah. Pat Shermer. Um, and, and I don't know, somewhere along the line he said, all right, I just want someone that I can control and tell what to do, which is a huge fatal mistake for him. He needs a more experienced offensive coordinator that he can just outsource it to that he trusts not a 34 year old that was the wide receivers coach at Kansas five years ago
0: I think what Mike would say though when when that when that scenario was put towards him by the Wilfs I think what Mike would say is we kept Gary's kid Clint here because we didn't want to change the system again because Kirk didn't want it changed again well and went real quick to your because you
2: just the first thing you just said there was. If you paint this scenario for Mike, let's paint this scenario. You bring Mike into a room on Monday, and in his mind, he thinks, I'm probably getting fired. And you say, actually, we're moving Rick Spielman out of the GM role. We're going to bring somebody else in here to uh, give us a fresh perspective to run the football operations. And Mike's like, oh, tell me more. Do tell, please. You mean the guy that drafted four third round picks that I don't think are NFL players that like, you know, (sighs) we can can get the guy out of here that I don't see eye to eye with. And that's not all, Mike. We're going to get Kirk Cousins out of here, too. We're going to trade him, save thirty five million dollars to the cap, and we're going to help you find a better offensive coordinator. I mean, this would be like the dream scenario for Mike Zimmer if you painted this for him on Monday.
3: Yeah, I mean, if the Vikings Entertainment Network had a camera in that room (laughs) to capture that moment, like, that would be an all-time gif, right? Like, Zimmer's reaction would be priceless. That would be perfect for Mike. It's not toxic. To answer your question, Phil, from my point of view, not toxic. If you do want to use the word quit, at least on Sunday night, there was some quit on Sunday night, but it's not a toxic locker room. There's some selfishness maybe a lot of selfishness in that locker room but definitely not toxic definitely not any sort of you know revolt coming you know that, that they want mike out i've never once sensed that okay so let's let's keep going down this rabbit hole so sunday could be the final vikings game for kirk cousins it's also the last vikings game for who else because if you look at all the guys that either could be cap casualties Guys playing on one-year contracts, guys in the final year of their contracts. Sunday is the final game for how many different players?
0: Well, let's throw out some Final game there. in purple. Um, I, I think it could be if he doesn't agree to a restructure, Thielen's. But I think he will. I, I think they'll get, get him down. But the I think re-
3: Adam Thielen is here <clears throat> in 2020.
0: The one, the one nobody is talking about is Eric
2: Kendricks. Eric Hendricks is the fourth highest cap hit on the team. This was by far his worst season, according to Pro Football Focus, and he's over the age of thirty now. You I could save like sticks, eight million you could save like yeah. eight million dollars well, to the cap by the saying that. The cap is going Kendrick.
3: up. You need to spend money somewhere. I think Eric Hendricks yep. is back, but Anthony Barr. Well he's gone. Yeah. I don't see and you know he restructured his deal, so he's an unrestricted free agent, but I don't right. see a scenario where Barr is back. I think Michael they just have to. They have, they're eating.
2: They're eating nine, nine or ten million for Barr just to not be here next year in cap well, space.
3: Yeah. What's the Michael Pierce number? If you have numbers in front of you, Phil. Yep.
2: So uh, Michael Pierce, his cap hit would be like the sixth highest or seventh highest on the team at ten point five. You could save six and a half by cutting him or
3: trading him. I think, unfortunately, because good dude, good player when able to play, but durability, availability matters. I mean he has played what eight games in two years. I don't think you can roll those
0: dice in twenty twenty two. What's the cap hit uh potentially if Dalvin Tomlinson who was just signed last March is not retained Phil? uh it's so it's
2: actually uh you would you'd wind up losing money. So you would okay. his his cap hit is seven point five, but he has ten million left in dead cap, so you would actually be paying okay. more to the That's cap good. to so I think if if you're going to look at those two guys, you're going to keep Dalvin Tomlinson and say goodbye to Michael Pierce. And Tomlinson
0: then would shift back to the nose tackle because that that's the problem, too. I don't know why they were so convinced that 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 n- nose tackle is playing side by side and saying, Dalvin, you're skinnier. You're our three tech was going to work like the three technique now is. One, it's incredibly important. And two, it's a skilled, it's a tough position. Like you just can't be the fat guy that gets moved there. It's like, hey, I'm good here now. Um, I think a new GM would probably insist to Mike that one of those two can stay, but not both. So it's probably Pierce. But the biggest one it is is uh is Hunter. Daniil Hunter's contract. I mean, the guy's a marvelous player, don't get get me wrong, but he, he hasn't been healthy for two years. And that March payment. You're going to have to make a decision there, yeah. And and he worked his representatives last spring and summer worked long and hard to get that current contract. So I don't think they're just going to to be good campers and good sports and be like, oh, we'll take another. So um, that's a tough one.
2: And so just to paint the picture, um, and I, I retweeted a graphic at Phil Mackey. If you want to see it, it's every team's cap space going into 2022. And the Vikings are one of like five teams that's over the even though the cap is going up by like twenty-five million dollars, the Vikings are one of five teams that's over the cap. They're over the cap by like eleven million dollars. So they have to find places. There's a bunch of teams with forty, fifty, seventy million dollars to spend in cap space. So it's the one, you gotta get under the cap. And then two, you gotta clear out like twenty, thirty, forty, fifty million dollars somehow, which is gonna be almost impossible if you wanna be actual players in free agency. But Daniil Hunter represents one of the biggest chunks. So you could so his cap hit is the second highest on the team. It's a twenty six million dollar cap hit for next year. Yeah. You could save nineteen million dollars to the cap by cutting him, but then you're cutting a Hall of Fame edge rusher right. and you need another edge rusher of some kind. So it's easy to sit here and say, Oh yeah, you can just uh just say goodbye to Michael Pierce and Adam Thielen and Daniel Hunter, and it's like yeah, but now you need to fill those roster spots on top of the needs that you have at right guard and center, et cetera, et cetera.
3: Well, is that where it would make sense for the Wolves to finally decide to hit the reset button? That you make the move on Mike on Monday, you bring in a new GM, you decide, okay, in all likelihood, it's going to be hard for us to compete in 2022, but 2023, 2024, let's accumulate draft picks, Let's go that route, bring in a young offensive mind, let that coach grow. Now, I suppose it could work out, best case scenario, like Philadelphia, right? I mean, Philadelphia tried to hit the reset button, yet here they are. Now, a lot of stuff went their way, including a favorable schedule down the stretch. But the Eagles are one of the NFC playoff teams this year. By the way, they tanked week 17 last year. Did that have any impact on this year? You know, that's another talking point that I just don't understand. I get it from Zim's standpoint, but if I'm ownership, if I'm the front office, you know, I'd, I'd make a recommendation, a strong recommendation to Mike to play the young guys. Now, if they play well and you win the game on Sunday, fine, so be it. But I would be all about finding a way to lose on Sunday. Heck, how much would you enjoy having Rashawn Slater right now? The Vikings winning that meaningless Week 17 game last year in Detroit. In many ways, you know, it resulted in them not landing the tackle that they really, really wanted.
0: So would you would you be wise, if, if you are going to go down the path of um, promoting Rick and, in actuality, demoting Rick, um, keeping Mike around, bringing in a new GM, and probably looking to trade Kirk, if you're football-savvy people, wouldn't you be wise to call Mike in, if, if you've decided by now, on Saturday and say... Good to see the young kids, Mike. You might not get it right now. Why exactly? But you'll like this. You'll like that. Sure. If he's
3: guaranteed 2022. If he's coming back, it makes sense. And I think things, you would have. I, yeah. well, I would have that conversation. I don't know if the Wilfs will, but right. I certainly would have that conversation with Mike mm-hmm. on Saturday if I've come to the determination he is my coach in 2022 that he has nothing to worry about on Sunday. Yeah. And let me remind everybody, there are no guarantees. You could play the young guys. The Bears are that bad. You can still win the game.
2: The Bears also Sunday. have a vested interest in anything. Yeah, the Bears have a vested interest in also not winning that game. Although Matt Nagy, I mean, Matt Nagy is going to try and coach to win because he's going to want his resume to look as good as possible. Correct. On LinkedIn on Tuesday,
3: they have what a two game winning streak. Haven't they won both games since the Monday night loss to the Vikings? Yeah, have they? Uh, I, so there's you know, something to be said oh, about they're still trying Robert <laughs> Quinn. I mean, Quinn's yeah. at 18 sacks. I'm sure in his mind, like, he'd love to get to 20 sacks. He missed a game, by the way. But, yeah, Robert Quinn's got that, you know, hovering, you know, in in the stratosphere of thoughts of, hey, I'm going to play my ass off on, on Sunday. I'm sure there's some other examples. But, yeah, I'm sure the Bears are going to play to win on Sunday. And those Vikings players that are out there are going to play to win. But I'm just saying, if they can find a scenario where they give themselves the best opportunity to lose, it can be beneficial. Mm-hmm. Drafting as high as possible mm-hmm. is a really good thing. I'm telling you. Most recently, ask the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Wow. Man. All right. Give us,
2: because we, we got a, this has been just an epic scoop session. Give us uh, one more of your favorite scoops here for the real.
3: Well, game. I mean, it glossed over somewhat. I just, you know, don't undersell the, the minority angle. That when looking, if if you're making a list of, of potential candidates, especially with, with GM candidates, uh, to go that route. Uh, I told Judd on Tuesday, Phil, there is a very logical GM candidate. Very, very logical GM candidate. This individual has interviewed for previous GM jobs. He has told me, doesn't mean that he's 100%. Uh, right on this spot on, but he has told me his sense is because he's had his eye on this situation. His sense is the Wilfs will go the minority route. Mm
2: -hmm. I know Lewis Riddick's name keeps popping up a, because he's on Monday night football and he's excellent on TV. He's great. Uh, And and he's interviewed for jobs before. I think, I think we're probably going to do a lot of that where it's like, Oh, the, the analysts we see on TV, you know, but there's, there's probably five or six guys that no one's ever heard of that are, you know, second, third in line with the Cowboys, with, uh, you know, the Tampa Bay, whatever, Dallas,
3: Philadelphia, San Francisco, Arizona, those four in particular. Yeah.
2: So, all right, Dukes, great stuff, man. Just freaking awesome. Love this. Absolutely. Quickly on the wolves. They're
3: (laughs) not re-signing Greg Monroe. I didn't foresee that happening, but I had that mini scoop on, on Wednesday. So Greg Monroe off to the Washington wizards. Tomorrow is guarantee day for Jalen Noel. I don't think Jalen Noel has anything to worry about. I think he'll be here beyond tomorrow. Oh, that His dude, contract yeah, will become shirts, fully man. guaranteed for the dude, year. he's
2: awesome. He's yeah. a great, he great player. Yeah. So, yeah. all right, dudes, that's nice. Darren Doogie Wilson from 5 Eyewitness News and the Scoop Podcast. See, we'll see you next week, buddy.
3: Got it. And one other one, Phil, because we are the home of St. Thomas Athletics. Tonight mm-hmm. in St. Paul, Oral Roberts, they went to the Sweet 16 last season. They play St. Thomas. Those two teams won two in all of Division One, over 300 teams. In Division One, St. Thomas, Oral Roberts, 1-2 in three-pointers made. Oral Roberts has a player, Max Abmus, who led Division One in scoring last year. The reigning Summit League Player of the Year. He's got some NBA skill. The Timberwolves will have a scout in the building tonight.
2: Boom. Yeah, so uh, you can hear that game on AM 1500 Score North Radio in the Twin Cities, just like you can hear all of the St. Thomas basketball and hockey games and football. All right, Dukes. See you, buddy.
3: Okay. See you, boys. Bye, Bye Googie. Oh, man.
2: Reckless speculation Thursday. Just freaking. let's uh I got, I got to smoke a cigarette and take a nap. Let's actually take a let's minute to collect ourselves. That exact thing. And then let's come back because Kirk Cousins said something really interesting that we have to get to as well, and old tweets exposed. Mackie and Judd.
3: Is this where you want to be long-term, and would you hope maybe you could even sign an extension after the season, or how do you kind of look at that situation long-term?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm I'm just focused on the Bears on Sunday. I've got a full full day today, full day the next few days to get ready for them and uh uh certainly
0: want to be a Minnesota Viking for the rest of my career. <laughs> okay.
2: So uh, that's the first time I've actually heard or seen him saying it. I've been reading the quote just on social media that um do you believe that Kirk Cousins wants to be a Viking for life?
0: Um Yes. Yes. If things didn't say it with a lot of enthusiasm. No, I believe that he wants to be. How bad do you want to be here? I think he'd like to be here for the rest of his career paid um, a huge sum in his contract. uh, But I think what's not being talked about is do I think that he wants Mike. Zimmer to be his coach for the rest of his career? Absolutely not. So I think Kirk wants to be wherever Kirk can be if he is paid the absolute most that he could possibly be paid and things are to his liking. Do I believe that things are to his liking right now? Absolutely not. So so I think it's dependent on if Kirk approves. Um and I don't think that Kirk a- approves. And look, the thing about it is Kirk's not entirely wrong. I mean, there are things here I think that have gone that have gone sideways and that aren't being done well. And so I'm not saying, well, Kirk's a jerk for if that indeed is, is what he's thinking. Um, But I don't, you know, Phil, I don't really think like Kirk is like, I love this team or I love that team. I, I mean, Kirk made it pretty clear in that documentary that the league did when he chose the Vikings over the jets, that his pursuit was the contract. Like his pursuit was, I'm going to, maximize this. So I think if Kirk is given conditions with the Vikings that he likes, absolutely. Yeah. I think the, you know, the the asterisk there
2: is, and he didn't say this out loud, but it would be if I'm compensated among the top paid quarterbacks (laughs) in the NFL for the next five years. Right. And that's where if I'm the Vikings, I would say, all right, well, what's in it for us. So you're, you're going to be 34 years old. What do you got? Like probably five years left. I don't think he's going to be, uh, you know, Tom Brady playing when he's 44 years old. I mean, well, nobody is. He's Tom Brady's the only guy who plays when he's 44. But, like, let's say Kirk has five years left. And Kirk's saying, hey, I'd love to be a Viking for life. Let's lock this thing in, baby. You know, why would I want to lock into a decent, like, 1,200-square-foot apartment for $3,200 a month? Like, hey, this is a pretty decent apartment. Mm-hmm. It's wildly overpriced. But you can lock it in for the next five years. I would say, ah. Eh, I mean, thanks, but I I can probably find a similar apartment for like half the price and I kind of want to keep my options open in case I, you know, find something way better in like 2 or 3 years. Yeah. Why would like why would what would be in it for the Vikings
0: to lock into Kirk Cousins as quarterback for life the next 5 or 6 years? Oh, zero. Oh, if I'm the Vikings I don't, but I'm but I'm saying do I think Kirk desperately wants out? No. Do do I do I think Kirk wants things more tailored towards kirk absolutely but yeah oh yeah from the question of if if i was the vikings gm and you came to me and said could you foresee kirk cousins being here mm-hmm. i'd say no no i couldn't you know, the, the other thing here too that i've been thinking about is he's
2: he's been here for four years he's been here for mm-hmm. like a half a decade so it's not it's not like hey this is kind of a one or two year trial thing i mean he is the vikings franchise quarterback right now and he is in the middle of his prime and he's been here like i said for a half decade does it feel like Kirk Cousins is the face of Vikings football?
0: Not even close. No, Like like
2: Joe Burrow has been in Cincinnati for right. literally no. a 18 calendar months. No. And jo- like Joe Burrow feels like the Bengals mascot, right? Like Joe Burrow is the Bengals. Justin Herbert is yes. the Chargers. Yeah. And a lot of it's because those guys were drafted by those teams. And so, like, there's probably just more of an emotional connection with the fan base to those guys because – they weren't hired as mercenaries, they were drafted to be the you know 12 to 15 year starters, but oh. even though Kirk was hired on as a mercenary, he wasn't drafted by the Vikings. I would just I feel like after 4 years as the starting quarterback yeah. that your presence and personality if there was more of either of those things would be more synonymous with the identity of the Vikings. And it just doesn't
0: feel that way after 4 years. I'll give you a hot take off of that point. Brett Favre is more a Viking than Kirk Cousins is. It
2: Brett took Brett Favre, Favre like two months
0: and it's like, oh yeah, yeah he is the
2: heartbeat of Vikings yeah. football. In two thousand
0: nine, right? Brett Favre literally was like because I mean he was the thing about it is, and this is where Rick this is where Rick um frustrates, I think, or should frustrate fans. Because Rick thinks he's really smart. And Rick knows football. I'm not saying he doesn't. Is Rick as smart as Rick thinks? Absolutely not. And here's part of the problem with Rick. So so to Childress's credit, and again, you know what? Going back in time, I still don't think Brad was a very good coach. But pers- personnel-wise, he was. Like, like he identified mm-hmm. things really well. He, he probably ultimately, weirdly enough, w- would have been a better GM than coach. Um, but, you know, Brad... I mean, think Vikings identified- might have an opening. Hmm? I think Brad to find out, I think Brad's done with football. I think Brad's done. And I think that's fine. Uh, But you know, Brad in some ways correctly identified, I've got a really good team that's set to pop here. Unfortunately, I have not been able to find a quarterback. And so like they, they worked long and hard to get Brett. They tampered, they were found not guilty of tampering, but they tampered and tried to get Brett in 2008. And then clearly worked with Brett as a jet to retire and come out of retirement and come here in oh9 Rick saw that entire thing uh, play out and he played a role for sure. Um, and then I think, uh, you know, after 2017 here, I think Rick thought, Oh, okay. Kirk cousins will be the final piece that I'm going to, that I will now plug in like Brett was in Oh nine here. Only in this case, it was 2018. Um, and what Rick doesn't, what Rick struggles with, is people. Like I think he knows players, but he struggles with personality yeah. types. The, and the people... difference
2: between Favre and, and Cousins it's wasn't the even, numbers.
0: It's not even the, a the, n-
2: the numbers are the, the. I mean, the numbers are basically the same, right? Right. It's the leadership, the personality, the heartbeat, peop- all of those things.
0: Do people gravitate towards you, which they like Brett or not? They gravitated towards Brett. So, but my point being is, I think Rick thought, "Oh, I'll plug Kirk in." Great stats, final piece, very different. And and so uh, to go back to your question, no, in no way, shape, or form, L- like if you were to n- ask me right now, name the heartbeat of this team, or or heartbeats plural, Justin Jefferson, he's been hurt for two years. Daniil Hunter feels like more of a heartbeat guy. Dalvin. Yeah. Thielen. I mean, Thielen. I was going to say, you put on a, a, la- yeah. a laundry list. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, equipment crazy. back to Koivu. Over to Spurgeon, over to Scandella.
1: I even think there's, and I'm biased too, because I obviously like Teddy Bridgewater a lot, but I think there's even a good amount of Vikings fans that still defend Teddy than say, no, Teddy isn't who he, he's not as good as you think he is. Whereas Kirk stands, the Kirk stands are in the minority. I think a lot of more Vikings fans are fed up with Kirk Cousins. There's even a good amount of people who say, why did he even get rid of Case? Case Keenum was the magic carpet ride. Like, that was awesome. Let's buy into that. He was gravitational. He's a leader. We can, rav- we can rally around him. Where I feel like the Kirk, the Kirk stands are honestly in the more the minority than the majority of Vikings fans. You just kind of look at Kirk and say, eh, yeah. could do better.
2: And I, I tend to, when Alex Boone speaks on this show, like he's speaking as on Purple Daily, I should say, on Tuesdays, by the way, you can find him. Um, you know, he brings this in the room perspective. He's been in a Super Bowl and he's played at the top level in the NFC with the 49ers and he had the one year with the Vikings and he talks so much. I said this to him on Tuesday last week, like when he talks about winning football, he talks about it less from like a numbers and scheme and like play calling perspective and more from leadership chemistry. Cause in football, yes, it's a chess match, but it's also super physical. I mean, it's guys trying to move each other around the field and, and, You're you're trying to impose your will physically, and so emotion plays a part of it. Leadership plays a part of it, right? And this team under Kirk the last four years has felt so much flatter than the previous four years of Vikings football. And again, some of it's like when you have the number one defense in the NFL in 2017, and that's your identity, and you're rallying around it. Like, yeah, you're you know winning more games probably leads to better emotion and chemistry and all those things. So sometimes, you know, it's the chicken or the egg theory, but it just, it just feels like he is such a cardboard franchise quarterback. Why would you choose to lock into that anymore beyond 2021? If, if you're the team, unless he wants to drastically take a step and back you know what?
0: financially, I'd still be done because the, the, I don't think you can quantify the negative that Kirk brings personality wise and, and the beta of Kirk look, The comp to Kirk in the room is probably the comp close, Christian Ponder. Personality-wise, absolutely. Personality wise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Talent-wise, he's phenomenal. Like we have to, we I don't know why we don't want to talk about the fact that, you know, Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins really good. God given ability, that's really fantastic. But when we're talking about the ability to lead personality, again intangibles a word that drives the statistically um the statistic the statistical people crazy because intangibles you can't quantify and so a lot of people want to dismiss them as well you can't quantify them so just stop well that's not life um you you can hire a person in your workplace who's great but if if the person is an a-hole it's going to be a problem and and Kirk's so, not an
2: a-hole. No, no, but but he just a, blends in with the wall.
0: And he's a but he's. And a you need quarter- more. But he's a quarterback. You need a, a ton. But I mean, I'll I'll go back on ponder. It was pulling teeth because it's no, no to no, talk about it among most, especially players. It was pulling teeth to get stories about how flat he was, about how unimpressive he was. But but I mean, when I, when Phil we we did this uh, show when. The Super Bowl was here at the mall. And I finally asked, I think it was Greg Jennings, when did you know this guy didn't have it at, at all? And he opened up about it and was like, yeah, you could tell. He didn't have it. And Remember, it's uh, there's
2: another name that we don't speak of, but we used to have Darren Sharp around Royce and Mackey for like two or three years every Friday yep. as a guest before he got put in jail. And he was yep. a wonderful football guest before he got put in jail. And um, this is after he was done playing with the Vikings. And he told a story one time about how he came back and he And he was like covering a game or something, and so he was hanging out with some of the Vikings players at practice or somewhere, uh-huh. and uh, there's like three or four of them, like a couple of his old teammates, and then Christian Ponder was in the circle too, and he said, "I mean, I could tell you within five minutes of him standing in the social circle that he went, he wasn't it right <laughs> that like he just didn't have that alpha personality that you need from a quarterback and and you're right, Kirk's personality and leadership style is much more like Ponder's, but uh-huh. his skills are like." Off the charts, probably. You know, in terms of like accuracy and clean pocket and the ability to throw a deep ball, it's like if you could take Case Keenum's fire and personality yes. and the leadership and the gravitational pull and put it with Kirk Cousins' skill set, the Vikings would have won a Super Bowl at some point in the last few years.
0: It'd be phenomenal,
2: or at least it probably would have competed more aggressively. for But one, this
0: is say. why it's so difficult uh, for people to get their head around where Kirk is not good. Because look at the situations in which he struggles. They are situations where a person who who eats difficult conversations for breakfast thrives. They are, it's, it's,
2: it's situations where like
0: you need to overcome something yeah. and grab it by the horns, right? And what is yeah. the sport among all sports? This is I think the number one sport when it comes to to looking adversity in the face and laughing back. I mean, Tom Brady had a receiver and I get it was against the Jets, who suck. But Tom Brady had a receiver disrobe and walk off the field on Sunday. And it didn't bother him a bit. Now, I think it did as a person, but he totally compartmentalized the entire thing and won that game, which which most teams don't win. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the type of thing. And don't say, well, it's Tom. You can't compare. No, actually, that's a very co- comparable thing because I think that is a mentally strong person. I don't think that's – Oh, he's so talented. I think he said bleep it. Yeah, I don't I'll, have time for this right now.
2: Another thing came out yesterday, too. So Kyle Rudolph was on WFAN radio in New York with, yeah. I think it was Tiki and Tierney. Mm-hmm. And he told those guys that Daniel Jones is the best quarterback he's ever played with. Now, this is a year after Kyle, upon leaving Minnesota, wrote like a 2,000-word goodbye in the Players' Tribune to the Vikings organization, Vikings fans, a big ode and a thank you. And he listed dozens of former teammates and coaches and behind-the-scenes people. Quick he listed, guys. like, five former quarterbacks, right? He even listed Matt Castle uh-huh. and a couple other guys, Bridgewater, and he made no mention of Kirk Cousins. Uh-huh. And when – and I think we kind of unearthed that. Like, we we combed through it three or four times, and it became a, an aggregated story. And And he saw the aggregation, too, and chose not to – like, he could have – Because Kyle's a big, like, whoa, wait a second, that's been misinterpreted, like his his Zimmer comments, right, when he said it's nice to have a head coach that focuses on the offensive side of the ball instead of just, you know, focusing on all sides of the ball. And and Kyle always comes out and he's like, well, no, that's not what I meant. The media is misconstruing. He was silent after the cousin snub Mm -hmm. because that's how he feels. Can you imagine... You know, think about the quarterbacks that people compare Cousins to because of his numbers. Like he's a top 5 guy. He's right there with Rodgers and Brady and Mahomes. Right. Can you imagine a former teammate of Rodgers or Russell Wilson or Brady or Mahomes coming out with a crappy like third-year failed bust first-round pick quarterback and saying, "That's the best quarterback I have ever played with." Not Mahomes, not Rodgers, not yeah. Tom Brady. I mean, and I know there's a lot of Vikings fans that are saying, "Oh, Kyle's just sour grapes," and there's probably some of that. But and I don't think he actually believes that Daniel Jones is the best quarterback he's ever played with. I think it was
0: a, I think it was a slight at Kirk Cousins. And and what's so intriguing about both uh, Kirk and Kyle is, is this: both are part of the problem, and both are guys I don't want in my room. Um, Kyle, is, for all of and look, Kyle did great work off the field. Okay. But he's another one, one of those locker room lawyers. I'm the captain of this team. I mean, the man was hobbling out to the center of the field last year, I believe, on crutches to be there for the coin flip. It's like, dude, empower a teammate to be a captain. Just stay. But that's Kyle, and, and so and Kirk is a beta. Kirk is is not a quarterback personality. Kirk lacks intangibles. This, this is where, again, I'll go back to it, guys. A guy like Bill Guerin identified both of those type of guys and said, they got to go. They got to go. We can't have that here. And so I think, I think Kyle, not mentioning Kirk, speaks volumes about Kirk and Kyle. And these are the type of people that if I w- was to get the uh, GM job, which I think I could actually do, but I'm not quite sure about that, but I would clear out. Both of you would be gone. So if, yeah, if... Because we talk
2: about the cap hit all the time, because it's the albatross, right? You're paying a good quarterback who has these deficiencies we talk about, great quarterback money, and it prevents you from being able to operate as freely as you would in free agency. It makes you go to the used DVD bin a little earlier than you would. Yep. You know, you you don't get the Joe instead of Joe Tooney at right guard. You got to plug and play with Oli Udo. You know, so we talk about the contract all the time, but if Kirk. It's not even if, like, he is deficient as a leader. Does it even matter what his cap hit is? Nope. Like if you if you took thirty million dollars off his That's cap hit so you could replenish the rest of the roster, would, yeah. would, would, would would Kirk's deficiencies
0: still prevent you from winning a Super Bowl? And I tend to think yes. I don't think you'll ever have a galvanized locker room with Kirk at that position. Now, if he played linebacker, yeah, I think it's fine. I think it's no big deal. But All you have to do, just go back, 2017 was special, right? Why? Because that was a team. Like, what did Case do? What was Case great at? Because you know what? Zim was right. He certainly was not a a great QB. Now, it was a magic carpet ride, and he played for him great. But what was the intangible there? Well, people said the
2: intangible was that they had the best defense in the NFL, and everyone was in their prime. And if Kirk would have had the best defense, this and this.
0: but that, but that, that's not the intangible. That's that's a given. That's there. What I'm saying is the intangibles were the locker room. The intangibles were that that team was a team. The intangibles were Bradford get got hurt and Case stepped in. It's like let's go, let's do this. Kirk would be like, okay, let's do this, but we're gonna have to. But I don't want, I don't want to make a mistake. And two, I'm just, I'm just saying the biggest part of the problem with the Kirk stands and with people outside. It's not, it can Kirk play? Kirk can play really well. It's, what can Kirk bring you? If Case Keenum had been um, a, a dead ass and he had a good year, you think that they go that far? No way.
1: The part of my take, guys, had a great line on Kirk the other day that basically said, like, when you're around someone in the office, like, he's so quiet, and he's so kind of bluff, you just kind of even don't like him? You just kind of, you, yeah, you he did, don't yeah, really he, like him? I heard that, right. yeah, you
2: said that to me, too. He doesn't, it's not like he did anything, to like piss you off, you just don't like him.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's accurate. And like when we when Judd and I like went into the 2017 locker room, like after games, there was an energy around Case, not just yes. in the in the entire locker room too. But there was an energy around Case when I went in the locker room with Kirk for 2018-19. It just felt eh. It, there yeah, wasn't he's, it.
2: He's not. He's not the cool kid at the head table, right? He's not the he's not the prom King type personality that people gravitate toward in a room. When he walks into a room, heads don't turn like they would, but, if it was Rogers or Russell Wilson. He's just right. kind of a guy
0: with outstanding arm talent. But the problem is he's sitting at the head of that table. That's the problem. You can't move him. So it's not like, well, you're the quarterback, but we're just going to, we're going to put you
2: and he's not offering to go sit somewhere else. Right.
0: So you don't like him for a reason. He's taking up space, the space of a person that should be there and saying, let's go. Let's do this. Like, when's the when's the last time or hell since Kirk got here? Give me a game where you felt. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Oh, this is it. This is it. I'll give you one. It goes back to like the Denver game and Denver stunk. You know, don't. We got well, excited. There was, there was the
2: Lions game, but again, yeah, that's
0: what I was going to say. We, the, the Lions game, which frustrates me. We we got excited because Kirk showed people against the Lions at US Bank Stadium.
2: Well, but, but that's the thing. Like we point to we point to these sort of one off regular season noon game examples, and, and I will yes. say the throw he made to Thielen to dagger the Saints in a playoff game. Yes, that's awesome. But like that's the one. That's, yeah. the, that, that's the that's the one it. big one. The big playoff game. So, and that's that's what's complicated because people treat this so black and white. Like, right. what do you mean he doesn't complete fourth quarter comebacks? Look at these four examples. Right. Well, yeah. No one's saying that. No, no one's saying that he never does it. It's that. Right. It's that he's again. Just to go back to like the you know the beginning of the conversation here. He's not a trash, you know, bad part of town apartment. All right. Right. He's like a decent little decent livable apartment. All right. It's 1,200 square feet. There's a couple of bedrooms. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's fine. But you're asking me to pay $3,500 well, a month for it and and
0: potentially lock in for multiple years. I'm good. And you're and because of that investment. You you've got got to get a small TV crappy car. Mm-hmm. You can't afford a couch. Mm-mm. You got a chair. <laughs> A cardboard chairs, these are something. all questions I didn't ask chair. on
1: Saturday when I tore an apartment. These are now all questions that I'm. Oh, you're moving,
0: huh? Torn a couple places. Oh, okay. Very nice. <laughs> um, the thing that I, I would say is this, and this goes to the Kirk discussion, and it probably goes to life too. I think the problem that we have, and like Rick, we always tip our hands about things that were weak at but by trying to by trying to like tell you how great we are at it you know rick's got his power points of i go we talk to we have the psychologist come in and we talk to people we know people the reality is rick can't read people and that's a problem that that's a problem and people i think i think we would all be better off if we just admit what we're bad at like i'm bad at math i'm bad at statistics i like (laughs) them i like to look at but but I, i mean no 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 but like phil you're really good at at like you and pat are really good at looking at facts and figures and and deducting what that means exactly lots of times i have to ask cuz i'm curious but i mean statistically my mind just sort of sucks i think we would be better off if people who like kirk but just like stats would say i don't really read people well so i can't figure out what kirk so here's my problem explain this instead
2: of instead of dying on the hill and saying yeah. no because of his stats like, you're an idiot and I... he is a god and everyone exactly. else should be fired it's like but, whoa
0: i am good <laughs> i am good at reading people like i can like i can pick up things fairly quickly about because we all have different strengths and if we would just say like if rick would say yeah i fanned on kirk because I'm really bad at personality types because he is he just is like 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 we've seen again I will go back Jeff Gladney is not a well you never knew that he he was going to pull his girlfriend around by the hair and get indicted like at some point in time you're like this guy's got something a little bit off right so anyway I I think that that's the biggest part of these discussions is people want to say well the intangible thing who cares well you know what Pro sports—it's a huge,
2: Earth. huge part of this Yes. Although, if you can read people so well, all right. Am I smiling right now or not? No, you're not smiling. Uh oh. Oh no. Uh-oh. Oh no. Uh-oh. Oh no. Uh-oh. I was smiling. I was smiling. Oh, oh no. no, no. I, I, I think it came. Oh, no. I think it came right. <laughs> but anyway, it,
0: it, yeah, it's an interesting discussion. Okay, how about now? No. No, I'd say no. Uh-oh, no no, oh, no, no! no! He's changing it no. Jax, he's changing it. He's changing This is like that <laughs> soccer thing he did on right that down. Yeah. <laughs> and then he was wrong on all three. You got <laughs>
1: yours.
2: Uh, by the way, that uh, discussion about Kirk Cousins was presented by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, and some people might say, well, why don't you just give the guy better protection up front and watch him play to his fullest peak potential? Well, that's where Federated comes in. They are all about – they're basically your offensive line as a business owner. Uh, They've got a great product or tool on Federated Insurance called My Shield. That's what the Vikings need. I mean, five guys. Let's call them our Shield, My Shield. (laughs) Keep the quarterback from getting uh, from getting pressured. So Federated is all about helping you mitigate risk, and uh, they're really here with all kinds of resources and people that have been around for a long time. FederatedInsurance.com, and remember, it Federated. It's our business. To protect yours. Every Thursday, Declan goes back into the Twitter archives. Old tweets exposed. We're a bit
1: all over the board. Uh, I got a Wolves take I'm about to to bring from Mackie. Uh, I have a Spielman take I'm about to bring for Judd. And something else from me as well. Let's start with Phil. Here we go. Yeah, oh boy. Twenty twelve, December sixteenth, two thousand twelve. Oh, Shooter. No, Charlie Walter says expect Brandon Roy back <laughs> in the Wolves lineup in a week and a half. Well, as long as it doesn't take any minutes from Alexi Shved and Ricky Rubio.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oof. Yeah, wouldn't want to
2: wouldn't want to take minutes away Can't from Alexi that. Shved. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. This is also back in the day where when you retweeted something on Twitter, you yeah, would you actually would. have to like copy their tweet and do the RT thing. And then the problem there was people would just like post fake retweets because they would All just the they would cut and paste people and then they would change their words. <laughs> <laughs> it's very dangerous.
0: Oh I love so Twitter. Good.
2: Twitter had a built-in retweet function that was much better. Ah, Lexi Schved.
1: Shved. Change your face. Be happy. Be happy. Uh, uh, uh for as much as we've always talked about recently, uh Spielman always trading back. Trader Rick, trader Rick, trader Rick. Why don't you just trade up sometimes, Rick? And uh you know, Judd pointed out something in twenty fifteen. You all digs. Stefan Diggs' a success. A big reason why it's of Spielman to accumulate so many
0: day three picks. Yeah, you never know what you never might know get. what
2: you get. Yeah. You might not might not know. So many just so as many, so many yeah, picks. Yeah, day picks, yeah, picks yeah, as possible. Yeah. All the time. Picks. Wow. You, know, you get
0: all those third round picks. Yeah, that's pretty bad.
2: No third day picks. Third yeah. day. Right. No, no. Picks. no I'm yeah,
0: yeah. Or, or day two, what,
2: What's day three? Picks. Is that fifth round? Yeah, fifth, fifth on. sixth, and seventh round.
1: I think it's actually fourth. No fourth. Fifth. Yeah, fourth, fifth, sixth. Okay, right. Yeah.
2: yeah, as many of those, okay. especially many the sixth and seventh That's rounders. Pretty bad. Those, those those.
1: Pretty bad. All right. Bad. Then from uh, old Dex tweets his days at Twinkie Town. Twins blonde. Twinkie Town. I was a Twinkie Town guy. Yeah, I was a Twinkie Town guy. Jesse Jesse Lund. With Jesse Lund, my guy, Jesse Lund. Great. He was dude. great, man. He's yeah. a great guy. Uh, just finished a rough draft of a Ugh. Tommy Malone piece. You need some work still, which is hilarious. But after writing it, I'm still <laughs> stolen and him bouncing back. Right. There's wait, so wait. much to
0: take away. Well, you need oh, some work. This piece needs some work. Yes.
1: Like as in, i still probably haven't finished the article or God knows what's it's littered with grammatical errors. Like it could be a lot of things. I don't know okay. what this first part oh, means.
2: So you you have crafted a Tommy Malone novel here for the audience yeah. to sink their teeth into. Yep. It's not quite done. It still needs a little tweaking. Here and there, but tweak. guys, pretty soon but I'm, I'm gonna release this, <laughs> and
1: and he's gonna bounce back, and he's gonna bounce back.
2: I think Which... Declan, I think okay, well, Declan wins.
1: Sure.
0: I think it's it's safe to say that both the piece and the picture <laughs> need a little bit of
2: work. <laughs> well, guys, guys, listen, guys, 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 don't understand. Guys. Tomorrow, I'm tomorrow. dropping a Tommy Malone, Malone. feature piece on Twinkytown.com. I like how
0: you teased it. It needs some work. It's in the process. It needs some work. It's in the process. It's, the process. Process. it's still, still baking. Still. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's in the oven at 375 oh for God. a couple hours. Man.
2: <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, my righty. Uh, yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> With that, we'll bid you a two. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: that's, uh That's been Reckless Speculation Thursday here on woof Judd Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. Uh, feedback Friday. Tomorrow, you can always hit us up on the Score North app. There's a feedback tab. You can send us your request to be on. Write that down. Comments, questions, critiques. You can send us videos, photos, so check us out. We'll see you guys tomorrow.
0: The South Dakota Stories,
1: Volume 3. It was my first time traveling alone. Packed my car with hiking boots,
0: a camera, and my dog, Randy. I don't know what I was searching for. Maybe it was something new with adventure. Maybe it was the idea of vacation I would never expect, filled with wildlife, national parks, rivers. Whatever it was I set out to find, it was all there and more. Because there's
1: so much South Dakota. So little time. Need a gift idea for the outdoor adventure in your life? Shop the Allbirds Mizzle Collection, made with water-repellent puddle guard technology and ZQ-certified merino wool with a low environmental impact.